Like our crew, like especially Nick here, like we've all put in countless hours. It took us about two years to, from start to finish, to build our project out. Because it's a, a family-owned business, it's me, my brother. We started it and then brought in my friend Tony, who's not here. We call him Tony the Nose. Yep. Uh, I've told you about him. Yeah, I you think have. You've met him too. <clears throat> I haven't been told What's about Tony, Tony the Nose. Oh, you don't know Tony yeah, the Nose? No, oh, you want the, do you want the full breakdown on Tony the Nose? Full breakdown. Okay. Um, well, I've <laughs> known Tony. His name's Antonio Anderson. I've known him since. I'd probably say I was like seven or eight years old. We went to the boys' club together, and is he like an Italian kid? I'm envisioning this kid that goes by Tony. It's a little bit no, no. Tony's uh, Jamaican Italian. And <laughs> he doesn't talk like that. Oh, maybe he does. Yeah, well, he's Jamaican Italian. <laughs> yeah, he's Jamaican Italian. I believe. I, I believe he's a little bit of something else. But um, we grew up together in South Portland, mm -hmm. and you know, I. Like I said, I met him at the boys' club, and we were all friends. He was really good at basketball and football in high school, and we kind of, like, all sold weed, like, together back and forth. Like, we, right. would, we would take, like... Uh, Using each other's connects? Nothing? Well, no, just kind of, like, kind of not competing, but we all, like, had our own connections. Yeah. Like, you know, they... And we all hung out together, you know. So, like, Tony, I would take break um, or, like, study hall. And me and a friend of mine, Avery, were actually as Tony's really good friend to this day. Excuse me. Um, we would go take, like, break together and, like, go smoke blunts. So, like, you know, from there, like, after that, I kind of was, like, a connection for Tony. Yeah. Probably, like, in our mid-20s. And then from there, he was buying stuff for me, and I started to grow with my parents. And and I was just like, dude, like, I want you to come to work for us. And I got him to thin a couple times in our garden on some, like, heavy thin days. And then from there, it got... What do you mean when you say that? I, I, I haven't heard that before, heavy thin days. Oh, like oh, if, oh. Like if it was, yeah, if yeah. it was 21 days sure. or, like, undercutting and thinning and veg and got him going that way. And then from there, it was perfect. Like, right. Like the blend between us like tony's really like patient calm and collected and you know he is like i call him like Thank he's kind of steady eddie and Thanks, uh Sid. he's like reliable like i call him tony the nose because we started pheno hunting probably three years ago i took my caregiver card and devoted it just to pheno hunting strands mm -hmm. and he just actually kind of came from he found our first pheno like the cornbread um, we were actually talking uh, in, in all positive ways. Uh, when was it? Yes. Who were we talking about? We were talking ago, about we were talking the caramel apple Reese. gelatos. Yeah. This yeah. stuff that, and just how immaculate most of them look. And it was on the topic of popping beans versus clones and stuff like that. And that's what we were talking about. I, I assume that you got those from hunting them. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. Uh, we hunted the cornbread. That was like, and we ended Who up. Hunts? Who's, who's the hunter? Um, well, that's me, like, that's you? you know, me and Tony, like, I'm the one who, because I got the eye for, you know, unstable genetics, and I got the eye for the structure of the plant, what I'm looking for yeah. from day one, mm -hmm. how it roots, you know, all those different things, and, like, Tony is does the same thing with me, but I'm more, like, when it came to, I'd spot that beautiful one, and then, like, he would, you know, we'd be taken down and taken down, and he'd be like, no, this is the one, like, you know, and... 
he she's had like someone that you really go it. to as far as like a oh, confidant when it comes to for sure getting some uh, some good background and feedback on what's going on in the grow i wouldn't be you know i wouldn't I couldn't pick a pheno without him. You know, like it comes down to like, and then my That's brother cool. is our production grower who can just, you know, grind daily and, you know, get it done every single day, you know, and he's very efficient about doing it and, you know, hunting. Is he referring to you now? No. No. He's t- Nick, he's Nick. Okay. So I'll, yeah, I'll we'll get into uh, how yeah, Nick came in and yeah, worked sure. with us. Um, so like from there, like I kind of got, me and Tony sold weed for a long time. He came to work for us, you know, and then he just came on full time. And, like, he's been there working in my parents' home for three years, which was, like, you know, it's can be difficult to deal with, you know, when you're working inside of someone's house, and especially when it's your parents. But, you know, my dad kind of, like, I convinced him to let me do an outdoor grow mm-hmm. and I killed it on the outdoor grow and then he let me bring it inside and then how many I plants like, did you go with on the first outdoor uh, I was like I think it was like 18 plants but we killed it it was like a really big harvest and you know I kind of like got convinced my dad because my parents basement is about um, 60 by I think about 30 or roughly in that size and we were able to make 32 bloom lights in the basement and then we doubled double tiered their garage it had two levels that we built in it and we were basically crawling on our hands and knees for four years because we wanted to pull as much as we could out of that place be relevant to the market and you know and try to get why we were building out the warehouse yeah you had funk you worked that space to the max to against your body's wishes because you were grown way beyond what your square footage should have been. It's kind of oh. funny, though, how, like, your story does fit. And not like I don't want to be, like, a, a cliche, but, like, a very, like, I want to say, like, main tale. You see it a lot. There's, like, a group of friends that grew up together, started in high school together, and then they, like, they stick, they stuck together throughout the, you know, and that's where they've kind of formed this bond where it's, like, a lot of people, <coughs> I feel like these the good teams that you see, it's like, well, where'd you find these people? It's like, we well, didn't find them. They just kind of fell into place. Like, you know, a lot of these people just grew up with and like they just worked, you know, and that's where I feel like it's it's kind of cool, too, because I have buddies like that, too, that they start with the outdoor, brought it into their garage or their basement, and now they're on the next level. And, and they're still with that same group of people that they were, you know, everyone's yeah, just kind of moved right. up into a more official position. So it's cool. Yeah. And we don't even like, I feel like we don't hire people. Everyone is like hand selected, mm-hmm. you know, like Tony was... You know, someone that I trusted, you know, my parents trusted, and I brought him in, and he was just, he fit it, fit us perfect. You know, and then I met my girlfriend. Lauren. That was really important, though, trust, even back then, more than ever before, would you say? Because oh, somebody could time. take you for everything, and you're pretty much done if you're yeah, not trusting it was them. At, it was at yeah. a point where, you know, putting a sticker on something and branding it was, like, so, gave me a lot of anxiety, you know, because I'm... I'm 33 years old. I'm like someone who's been selling weed for, you know, since I was 15. You know, I was doing it at a time where it wasn't, you know. I feel like the first people that came yeah, out of the scene were branding. Yeah. Everyone was like, yo, the motherfuckers are crazy. You know, like, what's going on here? And then it became like mainstream. You know, all of a sudden I was like, all right, we should be branding. It's like, but I get, I totally get where you're coming from. It's, that's a scary thing where you've spent so many years, quote unquote, in the shadows. And yeah. now you're advertising. Like, you know, it's such a, it's I such mean, a crazy shift in the whole culture. I still... 
I still have, I don't even think my face is on our Instagram page. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've had people come here, take a picture of him quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've had people that have come through and they've said like, you know, like, is there video? We're like, no, like, well, you know, it's no big deal, but I probably would rather not do video, you know, if yeah. we couldn't. There, so there's a lot of people that are just That's like you in the up. sense that they still yeah. not comfortable putting their face out there. I welcome it now, but right. like for, you know, I, I carry. I'm good, a, by the way. I carry Thanks. a level of like, you know. I would say PTSD in a way from, you know, years of selling weed when it wasn't legal, yeah. you know, so mm-hmm. where you when, had to hide, you know, when the market became legal, I'm so, you know, I'm so respectful of what I have and what I can do for a living that I don't abuse it. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. I'm one of like the far and few between caregivers that won't do out of state business, you know, and I have, and, and, and John, not to bring it back up, we kind of touched upon it at the beginning and it maybe seemed like you didn't want to wholeheartedly go there but I'm gonna bring it back is that the, the before you went into the warehouse you were there was uh, the occupant of it got into some in some trouble with with the feds does that do you think has that heightened your awareness are you more worried about like being in that space and operating it do you feel like there is a oh, little bit more oh, pressure oh, oh. oh with that place where you are oh, now so like for my dad for sure like my dad was just like they're gonna be watching this building let's do everything a hundred percent yeah but yeah. like to be honest with you, that's like how my dad was with in our house. Like mm-hmm. he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't like, he made me change the hustle mentality into a business mentality, you know? So like there, you know, I worked for my father, you know, and like I had to earn, you know, his respect and get him to put, you know, his life savings into our warehouse. Do you want to, right. are you interested in uh, mentioning your dad and, and the lineage yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, about yeah, what's yeah. going on there? Or I, I just didn't want to overshare or anything there, like yeah, that. There isn't anything and I'm going to do something real quick. You, you stay where you are. Nope. Yeah. I just want to see what you sound like now. Better? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just a little re- richer into it. We're mm-hmm. good. Okay. Where um, do we leave off? Well, yeah, I'm not sure though. About oh, you want to dive into, do we want to dive into your father though? Because you've been bringing up some really and just cool, about the family aspect of it, stuff. and then we definitely like to get into you a little bit too because we, he's been sitting there quiet, high as hell, passing the joint. <laughs> yeah, well, we we got to get to him though, but um, yeah, my dad is like uh, um, someone that you know I respected my whole life. He worked countless hours as I was a kid. You know, my mother raised me and my brother. And your dad did not grow. Before. No. No. My dad was... It was a talk into. Yeah, yeah. My dad, I convinced him to, like, you know, put money into my business because, you know, he... There was years of... He helped me protect myself because he knew what I did for a living uh, for a long period of time. I was a commercial plumber. Mm -hmm. I did plumbing and heating and, you know, and growing cannabis when I got into that. But selling weed my entire life was a... An important income for my kids. I had kids at 19, and I had my daughter A side hustle that could almost be considered a main hustle at some yeah. point. Yeah, because, like, you know, when I yeah. got laid off, I never, you know, had to worry about money because I had a steady, you know, and I didn't go crazy with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I would, like, I didn't, I was not, like, a huge... It was there time. as a rainy day fund, for the most yeah, part. Yeah, yeah. So, like, just... I, you know, I sold a few pounds a week to be able to make money, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah. I could live a little bit above what I wanted to, you know, what I wanted to be at. You know, I wonder if you, uh, different circumstance or situation, not having children, do you, how do you feel about whether or not your dad might have supported 
going into it. Like no, or not supporting. Also, could have changed your maturity um, too, and the whole approach with your father might have been different at that point. Having kids, I know makes, and this is not to compare children to dogs, but I have had I had dogs, and they have made me grown up a lot. And I can I always say, imagine if these were kids. That's a whole next level, and I've seen it, and so I can imagine where having a kid at such a young age probably made you mature and totally refined that approach when you did approach your dad about wanting to get into it seriously. Yeah, my uh, my dad definitely. Were you serious? Yeah. You were starting to get serious about it a little bit before the kids, so no, oh, weren't you? I, I like was, you were into I it already. Was gorilla farming on the, like the power line. Yeah. I won't say where, but you know, mm-hmm. I would. I made an income off of that, and you know, when I would. Tell you think anybody's would, using those power would, lines would, to this uh, day? Probably not. I don't see why. <laughs> I got half it stolen every year. Damn. But, uh, <laughs> CMP will <laughs> get you, dude. CMP was the culprit half the time. Yeah. You think no, they were? Oh, they would go through. You know, there'd be time where I'd see like the, the when they're cleaning utility up? truck go through. Oh, right. They had the road that went through it. Yeah. So, you know, and I told my dad, you know, look, you know, I made this, you know, and I he was, I had went through a split up and moved back to my parents' house. And that's when I got my dad to, you know, do this. I yeah. was like, you know, let me do this. And, and what industry was he coming from before? My dad owned a restaurant for 25 years. It was called Ruby's Choice. It was in the old port. Um, oh, nice. He owned it from like 89 to 2006. Mm-hmm. And before that, you know, I don't can't even get into my nap, the Nappy family. I don't know if anyone, are you from South Portland? My no. family owns Nappy's Distributors. Mm-hmm. It's a beer distributing company. I'm familiar like, because I was in the industry where we yeah. dealt with that. So I remember coming across them my, quite a bit. My grandfather owned a grocery store. My great-grandmother owned uh, DePetro's in South Portland. It used to be Sue's Variety. So, like, my family so they're was... they're b- very big in the South Portland community. Yeah, yeah. My family is big on self, you know, made... Money, money. You know, growth and, and the, stuff like that. And my grandfather during Prohibition had a, uh, it was a banana club in the Oport and he was, you know, gambling and, you know, and actual like casino type deal. Like speakeasy you know. style yeah, stuff. Yeah. Going on and stuff. That's he pretty got, cool. he got in trouble and he was the owner of national distributors at the time. And he went to jail and my grandfather, my dad's father, his mother took care of all of them for six years while he was in prison. Then he got out and, you know, never ended up going back. Um, ended up selling national distributors to the Gaziano family in South Portland and opened nappies, you know, and that was on Pazumscott Street in, in uh, What was the cu- cuisine? What was it like? Do you get, like, the kind of offerings uh, on the restaurant? Oh, oh, my dad, it was hamburger, like, so it was, like, kind of, like, built off of a Fuddruck. He went way too oh, sideways okay. real quick. I was going to continue on with the whole, isn't it no, kind of, no, isn't, isn't it coincidental, isn't it coincidental, though, how your great-grandfather or your grandfather was working in a Prohibition-type era and faced jail, or faced prison time and then came out of it, and then you yourself, and probably a lot of people you work with, are kind of went through almost a very similar situation, you know, For where sure. the, the level up from being almost like prohibition to now you're in a legal market. And yeah. even though you didn't go to prison, just like anyone else in those time periods where you were hustling, everyone was sub- subject to uh, and, something happening. And, you know, and he's similar to me. Like he's been, you know, you've been selling how, for how long? Uh, okay, I mean, so who's since- older? He's uh, a year <laughs> younger than me. Yeah, okay, you're younger. Yeah, All right, yeah. this is Nick. Hi, Nick. How you doing? Good. <laughs> Nick's been hanging back, just listening yeah, to it all, yeah, passing the joint. Is, yeah, what was the family dy- dynamic like, Nick? Uh, the family dynamic. Yeah, for you. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, uh, like we're hearing Dave's story. It was interesting. I mean, it was cool <laughs> because I met I met him through a good friend who I grew up with uh, in Scarborough, Lauren. She introduced me to him. I was already doing. Uh, I was already a caregiver now before I met him for about 
a year. Mm -hmm. uh, this is what, 2014? 14. 2015? For what? No, no. When did we meet? No, we only we met about two and a half years ago. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, <laughs> 2017. <laughs> 2018. Yeah, yeah. That's how the story goes. Yeah. But, um, so we felt like we've known each other for yeah, 10 yeah. years. Have you? So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So since 2017, we've just been uh, running together, you know. Yeah. I, uh, I was a caregiver getting some uh, product off him as uh, for my patients and whatnot. Nice. Then I started a, a delivery thing about a uh, year and a half year half ago. Oh, really? I did that, and then I kind of just was absorbed into Northern Were you Terrace. focused on the Southern, uh, South Portland area? Yep. Or for the uh, delivery? South Portland, Portland. I mean, I went to Falmouth. You know, this is when the delivery thing really kicked off, too. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. Um, so it was like, you know, I was going everywhere, in, mm -hmm. in Southern Maine anyway, down to Kennebunk. But, um, and that was a solo operation at that point? Yep, yep. Just, I was, uh, I just got out of the military. I, you know... Kind of reestablished myself. I uh, was working. What branch? To school. Do you, if you don't mind me asking. The uh, Marine Corps. I was, nice. Yeah, I was stationed here in the reserves mm -hmm. for about five years. But um, I thank you for your service, that. by the way. Oh, no, my pleasure, man. I enjoyed that time. But um, yeah, yeah, I just got into it. Like it, marijuana helped me out in a in such a way. Paper? Can we get day papers? Okay. Oh no, I got, I got blunts. I got oh, you blunts. got it. Oh, you're yeah. oh, okay. He's rolling blunts. Blunt Sorry. Right. So, Nick, you were in the military, yeah. you got into growing cannabis. At what point did you and Dave link up? And what I know you started the delivery service, but what time period are we talking about? Like years wise? Where oh, are we at? I can, 14, tell, you, you I said, can right? tell you exactly how we got pretty close to <laughs> like hanging out. I was leaving my girlfriend's parents' house and we were coming up the road and he was longboarding on his longboard and he was like, it's half in the bag. And we were like, kind of followed him over to his house and we got talking, you know, and then I was just like, he was at the time buying product from someone else that we know and it, I wasn't yeah. uh, the quality that he was looking for. So, um, oh, you know, and that from there we just started doing business. And at that point, like my girlfriend grew up pretty much three quarters of her life, one street, you know, not even, yeah, about one street over from him. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, so he was also another trusted person, you mm. know, yeah. and coming from my family, you know, it's, Able to give really it's good feedback too, though. Yeah, yeah. Able to give really good feedback about what you're yeah, doing, yeah. though. Oh, you yeah. had an honest voice, was, I'm guessing, I was right? Looking, yeah, I I started in the cannabis industry. I wanted to grow. It was difficult for me. I didn't, you know, I didn't really have the income to do so. I was paying things off and whatnot. Capital's um, big too, especially you, you when you're know, like, into big so, markets. Like I said, I was working a full time job. I was going to school. I uh, just got out of, out of the Marine Corps and. You know, and I was like, oh, shit, like, these, I really click with these guys. I trust them. I like what they stand for, you know, so I kind of stuck around and things really worked out. I, I enjoy being around his parents, his, his brother, mm -hmm. Tony, too. It's just like a great dynamic. You know, we all like to joke around, but we get things done. So mm -hmm. it's actually. A now, do you guys do you guys hang out a lot outside of work, too? Do you find that they, it has become tacky as shit. like yeah. a family? Like in the sense, like there's only yeah. five of you. So I feel like when it's such a small business in that sense, but there's a lot of work that needs to be done. A lot yeah. of time the hanging out and the fun becomes working. You yeah. know, most oh, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We're like, it's a but the work becomes fun too. It yeah. does. It's, it's a definitely trade. like a family for sure. Yeah. And like we all share a passion for cannabis. Like when I've, you know, another part of the team, you know, my girlfriend, when I first met her, we actually, um, 
my cousin Santino, you call him my twin cousin, we look very similar to each other. He's one of my best friends. And like from over the years, I saw Lauren over there and she had a serious boyfriend for a long time. So, you know, I'm, I just never considered her someone that I could be with. And we, me and my cousin started going to music festivals together and went to quite In a few. In state or out of state? Out or of both? state. Yeah. Um, oh, what kind of music festivals really are in uh, Maine? Like uh, in compa- electronic, like the, EDM. But like, but, in, like in Maine, yeah, there's right. not a whole. It's not like, but like the variety. There's not, not an offering of those music much. festivals <laughs> when you go like not talk much. about like Western uh, and like Southern hemispheres well, we, of the United we States. We finally got something coming up, Turp Town Throwdown. I'm pretty juiced about that. Like, yeah. I don't know if you guys. It's been seasonless, to, hasn't huge, it? It's been yeah. seasonless. <laughs> and there's a reggae fan, like you know, that's something. Do you find yourself going up to like a like a one music fest that I think is really popular? I mean, it's a reggae fest at Sugarloaf. I don't know if you've ever been there. I I don't know if it's considered as much of a music fest as some others because it's also a lot about skiing and yeah. drinking. But there's, I mean, that, the vibe up there is great. My girlfriend's parents have a camp up there. Yep, um, in Kingfield. So mm-hmm. we, I've been up there a few times with her. But I met her over at my cousin Santino's house. We all planned to go to Ultra together, and, and that's in we Miami, went, right? Yeah, we yep. went to Ultra and like. You know, as corny as it sounds, like, you know, that's kind of like where we fell in love. You mm-hmm. know, and we shared a passion for yep. cannabis. Like, you know, when I smoked blunts with her, you know, she finished every single one. <laughs> 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 like, she finishes the blunt. And, like, I respected that. And I was, it was like, to me, it was like, you know, someone who understood. Oh, yeah. And, then, you know, yeah. and I really, you know, and she understood me. And, you know, she came in, took care, you know, helped take care of my kids better than, honestly, like, better than I could, you know, she, I, I'm, I'm a great dad, but she like, you know, had great bones to her family and, yeah. you know, and came in and made things a lot better. And yeah, that's know, and huge. Then, the stability that you didn't necessarily, or weren't sure you were going to be having with your children. If there wasn't a fig- someone who was equal to, you could trust outside of family yeah. in that way. Yeah. And when you find that in a, yeah, that's unbelievable. For sure. Good for you. Good for and you. She's a, an amazing person. She was a um, personal trainer and then you know when things got slow for her i kind of she was always helping us from time to time coming in half days and then i got her to become full-time and you know now i consider her like you know a key part of the of the whole northern terps team she can she can out thin when we're thinning you know for 21 days or thinning before a flip or she can do that more efficiently than me and nick you know nick's a beast too over here like we were moving stone last year behind my warehouse like because the original contractor laid plastic instead of like a felt pad so it was building water it was oh my shit. Mind, this guy did this, but he was back there shoveling stone like a beast and this is like the first <laughs> time he like kind of worked with me work-wise and, and this before, was last summer yeah before yeah. was it he, one of one of those killer hot days oh, too because it was like <laughs> hot last it summer bad. it was like yeah. bad yeah. all the time you know and i did pipe fitting you know and i've worked Ooh. a lot of time in boiler not room funny sweating like, yeah and i can handle like a brutal work day and this kid was out working me out back and i was like i was like i can't wait till we can get to a point where you know we can kind of like slow the delivery service down focus on the stores and he could come in the garden you know, yep. and now that's what bring that does. ethic. You know, you're making a lot more money when you're in the garden rather than just shoveling friggin' rocks. Oh, in yeah, the yeah, sense yeah, of like yeah, for right, the company right. and everything too. So you know, now we build tables, yeah. do and outfit our rooms, and that's kind of like what me and him are doing. And my uh, the other guy Tony, you know, and we just actually built our own tables. Yeah, I saw is, that. Uh, are you using is, those infinity tables? And is yeah. the idea that you use caulking to connect them? Because I yeah, saw yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, you have to use like a silicone adhesive. Like mm-hmm. it's like a bo- plastic bonding. It's enough to like adhere, but you can still take it apart at one point. So I guess I, my question comes from when you when you're trellising those trays and stuff like that. How are you doing the leaf pulls on such a large tray, like in a platform? Are they, you know, how do you get access to like the Everything's center of that Everything's on tray? rolling benches at our warehouse. And there's yeah. enough space on each side where yeah. you can essentially get to the center yeah. of that canopy. So like what we'll do is we'll go in the room. There's four tables. We'll t- we'll push all of them to the left and you know, and then we'll work the outside wall all together. Mm-hmm. You know, five people on one side, then push it over work the other side and then turn around, work that side, so mm-hmm. on and so forth. Because I've just seen some infinity tables sometimes where it doesn't even seem like there's they leave, like they put so many of them together where it doesn't even seem like there's room to do anything. Well, with. we bought, we didn't, we have infinity tables in our veg because I didn't want to have like rolling tables. They were much more expensive and they're fixed to the ground. So the rolling we, ones? Know, yeah. Oh, like, is that the one that uses the track system and everything? Is it no, completely that's electronic? the V-track. Those are sick. Those, yeah, they're, they're, those are, I can imagine. I don't know those if are, anyone's on that level yet. Man. I think that's those a pretty are, penny, huh? I've been looking yeah. at that now. <laughs> those are like for when I expand would be something I want, but those aren't really necessary unless you're double tiering. Doing that. I think I saw them in Aurora's Grow on YouTube or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that because it's the pressure point. You know, the way those function, it's actually like a mechanical wheel that you're turning and that slides the track over or I believe you can get powered ones, but depends on budget. You can probably yeah. do whatever so you want. So the three of you were working on kind of how do we want to set up our grow for our needs, right? And our right. body's needs because one of the reasons you got out of plumbing is it's gonna beat the fuck out of your yeah. body. Well, I mean, it and growing can do that too, and it already started. So why not make it a little bit more convenient I mean, when you are working? That. I was doing self. I was working for a company called Self Own Plumbing, and I was just at the point where, like, you know, I knew that you know. Being a caregiver was something that I was feasible for me, and I was just like, you know, I have had had several, you know, summers with doing it outside, and then the first summer at my parents' house, and then you know, and then I did about a year in the basement and working full time, and then I was just like, you know, at one point I was like, I'm ready to go full time. I went full mm-hmm. time, and yeah. When you're so when you're building these grows, just to kind of follow up on Carrie's question. How important is the relationship between the company that you are using? Like, how, like, do you communicate with Gavita saying, this is my room? Do you have any, like, can you give me some specs, some ideas, some design help? Like, are, are they pretty forthcoming on helping you design these rooms? Yeah, so we had uh, a light build, though, by, um, we had, like, three different companies do it. I had Nanolux do it, Lux do it, actually just two. And you and, kind of uh, did a combo with both? Was that the yeah, idea? Or we kind of took it and, you know, and adapted to there because they kind of like Lux gave me like a 40 light layout and they gave me a bunch of lights that were like, look like they were half into the next room. So I was just like, all right, well, that ain't right. They must say this many. And I kind of adapted from there. We have one room that's half uh, 630s and half 1000. What? C- uh, CMH? What are you getting out of the well, 630? 630 CMH, and yeah. then in creating each one, spectrum? there's a, yeah. there's a gr- grow bulb and then a flower bulb. Yep. And then, obviously, you have your double-ended HPS. It's more of your, like, deep red, you know, your red mm-hmm. spectrum, you know. Because I saw some, like, sun, I don't know if it was sun system, but it was like that. It was, like, three lights in one light. You know, something weird, and I don't remember. It was some. It, I think it was the same idea like you are talking about where there was a grow bulb and a veg bulb. Like you could do the entire process almost from that one light. I'm gonna have to look it up now because I'm. Yeah, there's so many lights. Out it's there. so crazy. Yeah, yeah so it was. Did you guys end up doing a lot of the research on it 
independently, oh, or were you man. trusting sources? He's, what were you doing? The research king. He, oh, were you? Yeah. I it, spend countless nights. <laughs> he does, dude. Bad. When my uh, girlfriend. Hey, how often know. do you guys growers get into each other's grows for that purpose? It's crazy. I've never seen somebody so into growing marijuana as I have. Yes. This guy right here, like it's incredible. He's always he's always Just thinking a, about it. You know. He can he can turn it off from time to time, but he's always thinking about it, and he knows his stuff. And I've I've never really met anybody that is well uh, knowledgeable about cannabis. So it's fucking it's insane. No, you know, he's taught me a lot. I actually was never. You wanted really, to be a student. You're you're great for. Uh, or is yeah, that fair? Or oh, you had had some absolutely. experience before too, I, though. I had a little bit of experience. You yeah, know? I had a little like, uh, eight by eight in my parents' basement as well, you yeah. know, handling he's, two to three he's patients being, he's at a time. He's being modest. We're yeah. going to throw more at him soon. We, yeah. we gave him I can 35 plants that I had taken from a buddy's house, <laughs> and he helped quarantine them. Yeah. And we just basically went, here's some lights, threw some mylar up, made the rooms, like, clean <laughs> and solid and sealed, and yeah. we're just like, here you go. And, like, we were so busy building the warehouse out that we didn't honestly give him enough help in that we should have, and he just How did, did that go, then? Did, all, it wasn't all the bad. Came yeah. out it wasn't great. bad. Yeah. All the, he, what were the strains? <laughs> what were you growing at the time? Um, a couple wasted times. Yeah, a couple wasted times. Yeah. Uh, Wi-Fi. Yeah. Uh, uh, some mochi. Headbanger. Headbanger, goji. Um, yeah, the, I mean, actually, the uh, the, headbanger the headbanger came out good. Just yeah. wasn't, in my opinion, the the keeper yeah. fino. They had a brilliant nose. I had the yeah. headbanger. Yeah, if we're talking had great more in the last six months. Yeah, the one that happen? we grew. Mm -hmm. It was yeah. it was it was really good. Don't get me wrong, but I just thought there. You know, I can't help but think there there is a. You guys are constantly searching for something yeah. out of your genetics, oh, yeah, though, yeah. too. You're There's not, always something You don't better. shy away from playing it, but you're, I think you're not afraid of taking it out, oh, too, right? Oh, we throw right? away, like, 75% of what we've hunted over the years, man. Like, yeah. we barely keep a lot of the stuff because, like, what will happen is we'll go, all right, we really like that, you know. It wows me in so many different ways, and then you'll get, like, two or three rounds and, and then realize, you know, that you didn't like... After growing it on a larger scale, you realize you, this doesn't really fit with you as well, and then eventually it'll get phased out. Mm -hmm. You know, so like things that have kept around with us for a long time have been the Blissful Wizard, uh, uh, not the 32, the Pie Leaning Fino, um, and that's the number five. And we got that from Farmer Joe Super Soil. His name's Sean. Okay. A uh, guy that, you know, I looked up to when I first started growing. Oh, so you had known about him and yeah, knew yeah. what he, he was doing. He has Did you know breeders already before? Uh, a handful no. of breeders? No, knew no like, one. Uh, oh, actually, no. well, a new breeder, you know, Bangladesh. Yep. Um, I yep. knew him from the first grow store that was really in Portland on Forest Ave, um, mm -hmm. the one that was next to How do you Hanford. say that again? Bangladesh. Bangladesh, I think. Bangladesh. I think that's how I you think say it. So. I just always say Bangladesh. I've, yeah. I've, I've never said it to him, you know, because I know him by his name. So, like, I don't really say So, I could be wrong. You know, it's funny. No, let's assume you're right. Because we're all wondering yeah, if we're no, saying it right. He'll probably the be same like, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drop the, drop the Marion Webster uh, I keep thinking Bangladesh, way of but it seems part name, part nickname, too. Like, something you earned. So There's definitely a deeper meaning that none of us are grasping at this point, too. We gotta look this up. He's he's huge. He's a huge There's probably a deeper meaning to, like, his name, to, like, Bangladesh. There has to be something behind that. There's no way this dude just threw together the word. I don't know where that's come from, you know, like, uh, I've never asked them about that either. Um, 
But he's yeah. been a great supplier and provider of different types of uh, terpene profiles for people. Yeah, we to, ran to some. Try of his, out, we've ran they? some of his gear in the past, and we did really well with a couple of his strands. And then after a while, you know, there's certain you know strands that you want to look for and try, and you got to take some in and out. And like what I was saying back to the ones that have stuck with us, the Blissful Wither Number mm -hmm. Five. That's like um, it was funny when I call that Anthony's cut. Yeah, um, my dad, because my dad actually like got convinced Sean to give us a cut of it, and I really never pushed him on it. My dad heard me mention it to him, so my dad kind of asked a few more times, and then Sean brought an outdoor delivery of soil and gave us a clone, and I was like, "Perfect, we started growing that, and it was like killer." Yeah, you know, in my opinion, it smokes the thirty-two. The thirty-two, really? yeah, the thirty-two is a you know a THC producer, but we're you know. Which was like we more important played. at one time, right? Yeah, it, was. It, now, it was a big hype. Do you still feel like it's important now? THC percent? I feel like it, I don't know, because I also like have. Oh, really? Because we don't care. We <laughs> yeah. already know. We already if know what good. we're smoking. But right. You think but I think like as more as like the market develops, it's less about like, why don't people just drink vodka? Yeah. You know, like the most highest percentage alcohol. It's because people want like different varieties you know, yeah variety yeah. so i feel like it's dr definitely drifted away from the but don't get me wrong i wonder if it's because we've grown up like i guarantee you people that are just getting into the market yeah. younger kids yeah. are just getting a car they don't care at first about they're just right, like yo right. what's gonna get me fucking baked right, that's right. the first yeah, thing absolutely. they're normally saying like what's the highest absolutely. thc percentage so i yeah. feel like it's one of those things where what is the highest gp uh gp <laughs> gpa tc <laughs> <laughs> percentage out there right now I What's not going to like that? Know either. None of us care. Do we? Can you, we don't you care. can't trust it anymore. Like you see these companies in California, like 39%. It's like this, like you look at it, you're like, dude, that doesn't even yeah. look like We are about to be exposed to what testing is yeah. and the uh, reliability of it, I think, aren't we? When, so, when that becomes a little bit more infused into regulations. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, it's not really a hot, a hot thing right now, so we'll see. What, Did, what do you guys think? Yeah, pretty calm, I'm right? I'm not really sure. Yeah, it's... I'm not sure when it's gonna be a you know a necessity by the state for caregivers to produce that like those. And I think so you eyeball that. What yeah. do you I think, think you about eyeball the stores, that though? a little bit, don't you? What I do you think, think about the stores? I try, you know, I try to be helpful, but you know, it's it's stuff I don't really. I'm not you know too knowledgeable about sure. you know like right. looking into these laws and you know. Yeah. I do the best I can though. You know, I try to keep up with it. Yeah. And that's what that's one thing Some, like. Um, I'll give a shout out to the main growers alliance and like some of those guys that like put in like a, a lot of effort and a lot of time that you know that i haven't personally had time to put in myself and you know and like i take it you know some caregivers i feel like we got to acknowledge some of those people that have you know kind of paved that way for us and you know and i kind of forget you know mm -hmm. they're putting in a lot of effort to get get the laws that all of us really want to actually happen and protect them for us, right. you know, and why we're busy. So like, you know, I, you know, I wanted to just mention a couple of those guys. Oh yeah, please do. If I'm not mistaken, they, it's Patrick and Eric, Patrick from Zero Gravity and yeah. Eric, were those Eric the first two level. who kind of, from other level gardens, yes, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. And it was kind of those two kind of conversing, saying, hey, let's reach out to people. Let's, let's get the word out. For, yeah, for and sure. And they contacted and, people yeah, that they wanted to be, and also with? other people, I, there's probably a couple other caregivers yeah, sure. over the state that are doing similar things, you know. And I think um, I've seen it a little bit. I mean, just in this area too, we starting. can definitely go ahead and give a shout out to uh, 
the guys over at Medco, Alex and them, they've been really proactive in the community. Also, another shout-out can probably go to the Morrisons, John mm -hmm. Sr., John Jr. over at Cure. They've been really proactive yeah. about being in the cannabis community locally. Dawson, sure. Julia up north. So, and, like, you guys, too. Everyone, that, yeah. everyone that's in the area that's part of the main Growers Alliance and that's been donating money, I feel like, you know, we, you guys know how short your time is. So, and some, if you can't give your time, you got to give some money most of the time. And, that's, <laughs> and I've seen that. I think like that's been pretty cool. There have been people that can't give money and they're giving their time. And yep. some people well, that can't been, give their time and give their money. They've been very good to me because we got to actually uh, square up with them. We a <laughs> they said the first time's we are, on the house. Well, Don't worry we were about just it. Like, we were, you know, right to the end, to the wire on like getting this grow finished. Oh, and, yeah. Like, you know, and being well, you said to, it was a two plus year to, project, right? Uh, you know, swing the payroll. It's a t it's a tough thing when you have absolutely no investors besides the uh, besides the people that you're working with. You know, and it's right. a lot to you know uh, you to make sure that you're you know providing and we're all working together so everyone's bills get you know paid and we're you know and keep moving forward. Is that and, something that the Main Growers Alliance uh, uh, kind of stresses as an importance to who who, who the members are? Yeah, um, oh, absolutely. Well, actually, yeah. they, what do you mean by that? Like. Local. Well, being self-owned. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're yeah. all, that's what mm -hmm. they primarily are about. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. And they, you know, so they, have a, they have a very They recognize small, people they have put a, in the time right. the way they lot, did yeah, as well. A lot of those people, too, I've met a few of them, and, they, and they've put in the time. Oh, yeah, you know, they sure. They definitely put in the time and uh, very extremely, you know, knowledgeable about cannabis as well. And it's, mm -hmm. you know, so definitely a good One group thing, of people. Yeah. One thing I wanted to touch upon, I think we were talking about testing. Um, was there's some stores that I've been to or that I've heard of too that they're throwing testing numbers on like based off what weed maps will say. Huh. And it's not like it, that's no hate, but like, what uh, is your thoughts on that? Don't you think that's shady. like, oh yeah, don't you think it's a little misleading and how yeah. can just you go ahead and do that? I don't know. I've always wanted you know, to ask a grower's if, perspective about like yeah. just going ahead and looking it up well, and being like, oh, it as, says on weed maps 25%. As a patient in, in the beginning of getting into cannabis, um, it helped with my post-traumatic stress. Uh, I, completely kicked, you know, pills from doctors and I smoked pot, animals, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. and, and the PTSD was really, from your time in the military, I assume? Yeah, that, yeah for that? the most mm -hmm. part, you know, uh, you know, we all we endured all things okay. in our right, lifetime. Yeah, it's just you important know, I feel like there's a lot of was, vets that have benefited from cannabis yeah, as a whole yeah, too. So. Yeah, so it just really helped me get through my day and then it got to a point where I don't have to smoke it every day, you know. But it still helps my, you know, my knee pain, with, mm -hmm. you know, rather than my mental. But so that's why I, I think you can't just throw a label on there and just say it's this when it's not. Yeah. No. You know, because you might be screwing with somebody because I was nervous getting into marijuana. Oh, yeah. After, for that reason? For yeah, what reason? Yeah. yeah that no, reason. Well, I've, I've had more a few like panic edibles. attacks. You know, yeah, the edibles like, are just really what was yeah. nerve-wracking for me at first. Yeah, so it was awesome to see dosaging. But, yeah. but we, we struggled with it. When we were behind the counter and we were dealing with consumers, a lot of, like, the question was... What is the percentage on yeah. it? You know, and so I, I kind of questioned it myself too. And I was like, is it marketable at right. this point now to be testing on your product? Like, is there yeah. some sort of marketability to be like, yes, you can, you know, you can go to Northern Terps or you can go to right. this store and this certain provider is always going to have their product tested because there are probably a lot of people like right. you and even me to myself this day where it doesn't necessarily matter. It's cool to know. And it would help right. Right. make those decisions when it's an icebreaker between That's one or the other. Then we're going to get on when it gets to like our first crop up here in our facility is we're going to test the entire crop that's coming down. We've done some testing in the past, but it's all, you know, people have complained so much about 
a lot of how it's not reliable. Mm-hmm. They'll test at one place, test the same stuff another place, and yeah. it comes out a little two different numbers. Yeah. With yeah. A, with so to us, I think it was expected, but I don't know if we expected this much of a margin of error or, or in inconsistencies. That's all from, from whether they're urban legend or not. In the sense, I mean, I don't know too much about if people have really done that. I mean, I've heard it said and talked about and kind of looked into, but I haven't met anybody who went through the testing. I I just don't think the examples we've seen before from other locations supports anything to necessarily believe in the system. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's a lot easier to not believe in that right now because I've heard too many conflicting stories (laughs) about, yeah, like he just said. I mean, we never keep a strand based off how it would test. You know, like, if it was, like, really, like, low, we would probably know. But, like, I've never been, like, send these out, whichever one tests the highest, and this, this, and this is what we're keeping. Right, yeah, no, you know, no. Because it's, it's so much Way further. beyond numbers when it comes it's to cannabis. Way, There's yeah, a lot of, like, how it grows, bag appeal's how it huge, grows, too. So, yeah. Know. I think you know, it's the whole Leafly forced the whole issue a little bit more, though, well, too. I also THC think numbers, levels. I think Would you agree? I think this? extractions. When um, extractions came around, that's when you really started seeing a lot more testing come around and everything yeah. become more data-driven because extractors and people that were running those companies, I think, really wanted to be able to predict outcomes, mm-hmm. you know? And they, I think that's what... I think that really oh, started to push mean. testing. Uh, is yeah. like data. These mm. extractors yeah. wanted data behind everything. They wanted to know if they are running this strain at this THC why it was yielding like this, but if they could, you know, if they found the same strain with a different THC content, you know, maybe it was yielding more. And so I think, I don't know, I'm just throwing it out, but I would assume that it seemed to me testing came to the forefront as we had a big boom in extraction artists and people like those coming to the I market. I completely agree with you on that for sure. Like, uh, you know, cause I feel like then it was really, a lot of us wanted it to be something that we knew about, you know, because it's, it's not flour, you know, like a lot of us were smoking brickweed. Captain is none of them this coming to bed. And who am I? The other. Yes. Coasting in ten times the speed of light. Our captain is none of them this coming to bed. And who am I? The other. Yes. Coasting in. A lot of us were smoking brickweed. I don't know. I don't know how old you. <laughs> I are. think I was just on the. I was like, I passed the cusp are by a couple of years. Cusp? Yeah, I saw some of that. Uh, yeah. I saw Gary some of that. Definitely smoked some. <laughs> and then some. I saw guy. the first <laughs> round of really good outdoor before all of yeah, you. Yeah, Gary was smoking the good weed before we were smoking the brickweed because it was like it I was. Feel like for yes, a long it was. Time, it was nineties. Nineties hook up. Terrible weed, mm-hmm. you know, and that's kind of like what I like was a lot back in the day you know his commercial flower my uncle john my dad's oldest brother he's now passed away was like an og hustler from like the 70s mm-hmm. like right in down the beach old orchard beach portland area i remember <laughs> my dad had a story he told me that my, him and my uncle were driving around portland they were smoking a joint and all of a sudden they found out that there was a detective behind him 
and they went around the ro- a rotary up and I don't know where it was somewhere in Portland I think maybe up on the Eastern Prom and then they went around the rotary and started to follow the cops <laughs> <laughs> and then the cops like blue lighted and then pulled them over asked them what they were doing they asked them what they were doing while you followed us you know and my uncle like I you know he wouldn't smoke with me when I was real young but when I was like 17 18 I started like he like I knew he sold, pro, you know, product, and I yep. was like, "Hey, I'm getting ripped off by this guy in Biddeford. Help me out." So he started selling, you know, me product, you know, and like I'll talk about this openly because no one can do anything now. He's nope, not at all. <laughs> Uncles in the clear. Yeah, yeah. And, well, uh, yeah, but I, I, you know, that's the thing. I, I think there is that paranoia. You just cited yeah. it right there. We still think that there's a, and I'm not saying it's not wrong to not right. think about it. You know, we still have to think it in terms of what exactly right. you want to share. But yeah. I mean, how well, much but, but you're okay with talking well, about no, it's, it's, it too. I think there's a, re, there's a reinvigor in the sense of like the <clears throat> heightened awareness that people have around cannabis, especially because you have to think about it. It is a scary time to be a cannabis farmer and someone in the cannabis industry. You have a, what? well, you have a president that's touting he's the law and order president. The last president to do this was the president that started the, basically an yeah. unsanctioned war on drugs. The last president right. that said what he did started a war with the hippies. So I can get where some people are yeah. a little bit anxious and they're a little nervous. They don't like before. But he's before, been hands off for three this, years. But, but no, I think he, we're well, all no, he good hasn't because when he came into office, he had mm-hmm. ma- immediately refunded the DEA to allow departments to run marijuana investigations. Re- yeah, when yeah, Obama with the do- with with a bunch of I mean I don't know the exact what but happened, look, but he cut funding. So I mean, that, aren't they, haven't they already started to pass <laughs> through like the House or something? I'm not really politics person but yeah, no. to vote cannabis into being uh decriminalized in the entire united states isn't that in the process of i think happening? it's i think it's more of a it's facade. In the conversation but not really hardcore it, yeah, it, yeah, it's a, they, like a talked about issue that, it's yeah, coming yeah. it'd be I interesting to see because I, I think it's going to be a big battle like between privatized prisons and uh, you know the people that want to legalize weed because you have to think about who's to really lose when you yeah. decriminalize it you have to let a bunch of people out of prison yeah. and you know the government pays yeah. A lot of money per per person in prison, yeah, so sure. it's definitely it's definitely crazy. But I get where some people have have felt a little mm-hmm. bit more of a sense of like anxiety surrounding the political climate. It can be a little bit nerve wracking when you have someone that kind of refunded, you know, a, a department that basically is, its main goal. I think, is to fuck I think the bigger fire. concern right. though right now, I don't I don't think there's anything you're really going to be able to tackle on a federal level. Motherfucker, there's an election coming in November. There's absolutely something I think something the importance is always on what's going on on the statewide mm-hmm. end of things. Right. You know, what direction it goes there. I think if you're going to have, a pay, if you're going to pay attention, that's where you want to be paying attention more right now. It's been all about the strength of states' rights lately. I mean, most of my, most of the people, most of the people I know, we've seen a look the other way at it. The state's not handing down forty-year indictments for cannabis, though. At the same time, so I'm not really worried about the state at that point. Like, if the state came walking on my knocking on my door, I probably offer them a joint but if the feds come knocking on my door my first call is to my fucking lawyer my second one's to my mother so you know what i'm saying like there's a big change i think it is really important that we don't just think it's a state thing it is a federal thing Mm -hmm. and it does matter i'm not telling anyone how to vote i think everyone should do their own research just like you know like dave big i think research and knowledge is power right now and people should really look into their beliefs and who they're voting for and how they could be affected by their vote so For sure. But that's just, it's just to speak on it. Like I can get where there is a little bit of anxiety from some people because people that are really involved in a political world, that's going to drive their emotions and stuff like that. So, and if you're really passionate, 
about well, kind of if you're really yeah that's what so i'm saying I, and that's I where i think that doesn't myself much in politics i don't really pay attention to it heavily just because you know no. just you got other things going I, on yeah i you know it's hard to believe you know what what really is going on it's hard to believe whether or not for every you know, 10 points that you can support you know, something knows, someone can you know, find 10 Donald points to Trump counter could it be you know doing everything the right way or he could be doing it everything the wrong way but none of us in this room are you know can attest to it one way or the other or really really or that deep into the government no. to really know like you know but you know no so, that, like, because I, there's I, been I so much to, changing here Roy, to, what's going you know, on right I, now i vote you here know, and i you know i do what i can <laughs> you know and like that's kind of like where i was going with the, the growers alliance you know they're mm-hmm. up there putting people up there and, you know, and they're making sure that they're, you know, protecting, you know, what we all. So they're want. pressing m- more of a political uh, uh, agenda uh, well, of maybe know, having they, more they, of a voice a up in. That's going up okay. There, and, and oh, great. He's, you know, and he's fighting for things that I'd say that a lot of the small caregivers in Maine, you know, people like me and, you know, people like Eric, yeah. people that are self-funded you know, and they can get crushed by the bigger upper hand, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe not crushed, but, you know, really play an effect on how much, you know, we can, you know, grow as a business, you know, so yep. it's... I think it's pretty cool what's going on, too, with wellness and how big of an effect that, like, I feel like people like the Main Growers Alliance and people like Dawson, I mean, they've lost their head cultivator, they lost their head sales rep, and, like, these people are pretty, like, they were well-respected throughout the cannabis community. Dude, Taj yeah. went to a lot of places, and I feel like as many people didn't like wellness, like, Taj was a really well-presented dude. He was really well-likable, so I think it's cool to see how many people, like, now realize that since the cannabis market has opened up and Mainers are allowed to be in it, that Mainers are going to take care of their fellow neighbors, like, the, you know, the people that are working on wellness, way better than the corporate people from out of state we, are going to. We couldn't be any, I couldn't and Nick couldn't be, and all of us, I don't know, people that are in this industry couldn't be better off, I feel like, than in Maine, you know? Oh, yeah. There's obviously, in every state, there's going to be, you know, things we disagree with or we think they're taking advantage of us, but all in all, this is, like, we're lucky to be in this state and doing business, and, like, you know, it's it's a pretty fair market. If you work hard, a lot of these caregivers, we all treat each other like how we treat, Mainers treat each other. Right. Like, we're... You know, a lot of people from Maine are about small businesses, and that's like, you know... When and even on say, the government level, I feel like they listen. There has been, like, we've seen a couple times where Dawson and, and the Maine cannabis community have stood up, and change has been enacted, which I feel like you don't see sometimes in other states. Like, God, you know, I, I, I don't California, know if that's... California, not oh, a chance. No. I, even in Massachusetts. I mean, look how much money you need to have just to enter the market. Like, some of them are like $1.5 million in capital that's held in an escrow account. It's like, well, who the hell can do that? You know? <laughs> it's like, that's a... So there's a lot of these crazy rules. You're right. And I, and I think about it more and more. And yeah. I think it's, you're right. I think Maine is a perfect place for a lot of people to start out. It's, it gave a great opportunity to locals and even though they kind of rolled back their whole stance and position on allowing out-of-state money, I think they held on to it for a damn good amount of time. And I think it's glad that they're fighting it still, but it gave Mainers enough of an upper leg where we see a lot of local brands. Right. You know, and yeah. a lot of people oh, yeah. Yeah. starting I'm so from proud of so many other people that are in this industry that are out there putting, like, like countless hours into yeah. this, you know. And it's, like, it's a lot, you know, to take on. You know, mm-hmm. it's an undecided business. and Yeah. You know, my passion for this business goes, you know, far beyond how I could even explain. You know, I'm so happy to be able to do this. Like, and no one sees. I've, I like just to speak to like, I feel like people don't really see 
when you get kicked in the mouth. Like no one sees when the AC goes down in week seven and you and you lose the room. No one sees when PM takes off all of a sudden or a, a mic comes out of nowhere. And you, most of the time, it's just written off. Is in the sense it's it's a I'm loss. Good, man. I'm good. But oh, I think. Yep. It's, it is. It's like Instagram a lot has like in social media in general has given people the good look at what it is. And yeah. I feel like a lot of times people are like, oh, growers are making so much money. Like, you know, I can't. And the, but right now they're at a point of where most of them are reinvesting. They're, you know, like you guys are building your new warehouse right. and stuff like that. And they don't get to see the loss also that comes so with it. So you know what? Did I see Frost Factory? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was he in here on an interview? No, we he haven't had him here. on yet, but uh, let's work guy on that. He's very honest about his business. Like, yeah. I want to mention him a little bit. He'll like say a lot of guys don't post their fails. Like, AJ's the same people, with that. AJ. A lot of people don't post their their fades, and you know, and a true fade, like you know, and that's a that's a thing now, you know, like they're and that, and it's hard to for you to see it on everything because there's certain strains that don't like fade out like others, like. Mm-hmm and show to the eye quite but like a, a plant when it's ripened and flush and at you know it's where it should be at the end of it it fades and it it's almost like fall foliage you know like and i, I love there's nothing that's gonna like be the best in the garden that's yeah that's gonna be the best part of yeah. it for for that value huh? great way to put it though great too. Like that totally paints a picture of like fall foliage <laughs> you think about it, it's just the natural life cycle of a plant you know, it's getting ready to shed its leaves and <laughs> hunker down for winter in a sense. And you can play with, you know, your decreasing lights, water temperature, room temperature, everything to get that to kind of push more and show more. Like, there's nothing like it, you know. I I feel like I can do 10-hour days. Like, yeah. Nick right here, you know, he is another person where we can be pushing eight-hour days and we're going. We were just kind of talking about it before we got here, how it's like we can run for hours working, you know, really hard to get this, you know, each one of these rooms ready. You know, my brother's pushing us, you know, I I need these rooms, you know, and we're working hard to get these Your brother works veg. Uh, no, my brother does literally. He's honestly doing the entire grow. Him and my girlfriend are taking care of the. Oh entire no way! Grow no right one has now. any windows open, do they? Because <clears throat> no. it just started a torrential downpour, and I think that's what we're hearing is thunder. Yeah, oh, my windows are up. Okay, I'm um, good. Um, so they've been taking care of the entire end of that grow. We help, you know, transplant and the bigger stuff, but and we've been just pushing and getting rooms done, you know. And we've do, we've done everything from ceiling all like we have a two are you at two flower rooms right now two flower two flower rooms how many how many genetics do you like running into the uh through the rooms right now we've been growing up our mother stocks we have about eight strains per room but we're shooting to be down to two to four you know once we get the entire facility open we have all of our bloom rooms open we'll shoot to do like you know two to four it's you know it's easier to you know to keep it you know, we have four rolling tables. So if I have four strains, you get a you know a strain per table. Yep. And you can have you know, and if you how often are you going to be harvesting then when well, you're when you're rolling the way you want to go? Weeks. Two and a half weeks. Yeah. Yep. I think I'm finding that more. I I, I hear of uh, cultivators of varying scales shooting for that either either almost uh, every week even I believe. Well, you remember for a long time, everyone was that doing builds either a- 60 or every 30 days. The people mm-hmm. are on point. We're doing every 30 days. Mm-hmm. You know, and I got a friend of mine that um, his name is Travis, and I met him right when I was kind of getting started in my parents' basement, and he was a grower for a guy named Pete, and he owned, like, one of the biggest commercial grows I'd ever been to in Portland, 
and this guy was from you know from out of state. How big or does that matter um, really? I'd for say the like story. the first one was like <laughs> um, five thousand. Then they went to a thirteen. Then they went bigger from there. But this guy was a construction guy, and his grows were immaculate. Yeah, the way he, is uh, he still uh, around yeah. and in the game? No, he actually sold the, his his grow up here and built a CBD uh, company down in South Carolina and sold out for twenty eight million dollars. He him. sold the CBD company for yeah. twenty eight million. Holy this shit! This guy was I met him. So he, he's five good at doing years like ago. That, and watched this guy. You know, man, it was it was a pleasure to watch. Mm-hmm. Like. And, mm-hmm. How important do you think saying like mentors and things like that are like important? <laughs> like people like that you just said that you look up to them and things like that. Do you think it's important getting into the industry finding someone like that? Oh, oh uh, definitely. Because I mean, like, forums can only teach you so much. Yeah, you know? yeah. Watching these guys, they were like pulling down big time crops. They were, they were, you know, Travis, my good friend, was the one I met, and then I met Pete, and I we're was talking I hundreds. Actually, they I gave actually, you a really good perspective right. of where you want to be. I, I actually sold their like first packs out of their out of their house that they they had a house oh, grow for like six months, and then they went right to commercial, and then they expanded so much, and uh, you know it was impressive to watch him. He was like so business oriented, disciplined. Yeah, yeah, he. Well, he was a contractor, so mm-hmm. he had already ran a business like that. Yeah, I feel like in contracting too, so many moving parts. Like you know, you really got to be pretty, pretty organized. It's either sink or swim relatively quickly in that type of industry. He'd walk into his grows, and they were like perfect. Everything it was laid out. Everything looked like kind of like a hospital layout. It was mm-hmm. commercial. The ceilings were done. Everything was up to code, and and this I was before everything was big in that sense. Like yeah, everything was, five, was re- four or five years ago. Where like, grows like that really, in some sense, weren't existing on a big scale. It was probably one of very few in the state of Maine that was up to that scale and quality. Five I'd years say ago, that he was probably yeah, exactly. I would completely agree with you. There was a very very small amount. Like there definitely was some it. other people out there, but I don't think it was as common as it is now. You know, like I think now there's a lot of other facilities that are being built. Well, really uh, nice. Someone else, it's a really big person in the industry upstate gardens he was like someone that was a good size like him as well and he's a very good he's very good at what he did he built a great brand and you know he is doing well for himself Mm -hmm. he was another person that like his places were beautiful i think he's right at the opera industrial park yeah, he has a f- well. He has a few of them, I believe, but he set them up professional. Like there's quite a few did, places outside really that are operating out of the Auburn Industrial Park now. I'd like to say, you know, I, I know off the top of my head at least three, but I would be, I would be, I'd be really surprised if there wasn't at least six. You know, a lot of warehouse space there was vacant and needed to get used, and it was kind of, it was a like a perfect storm if you think about it. Because now in Auburn, you like in Auburn, Lucen. Well, you guys probably know you're here. You really can't find any space anymore to rent for cannabis grows. But at one point, it seemed like there was all this vacant space, you know? So. Yeah. Out in uh, out in the outskirts of Lewis and Auburn, there's plenty of grows out there, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, everybody's made investments. Sometimes they've, uh, I guess it depends on. I heard even the, some the of the last mills two, three years were probably the best years to evaluate for everybody. Okay. How are we yeah. going to come into this new market? Yeah. Uh, how do we want to play in this new market? And so you knew a couple of years ago, yeah, we're going to play to go larger, but this is the size I want. You got to choose what you wanted to do. See, and I that wanted, means you you were out there enough, though. You well, you made back, your statement. You proved your the, reputation. Back to that guy. Um, you know, he was doing stuff at a level that was 
just he was building. Like, it was exponential. It was so impressive mm-hmm. to watch him, and I was like, Dad, come on, come on, let you know, let's do this, let's do this. And he, my dad would not let us rent. And he, and he said, like, keep working hard, and we'll save, and we'll do it the right way. And Buy a place, yeah. we, you know, we put every all of our money we could and lift off as small, you know, the least amount we could and put it all in the bank and did it. 100% like you know yeah through the books you know it took yep. us two years to do it yeah but I feel you know like it was the biggest breath of fresh air when we got in there we're like we finally got there we worked you know all of us worked so hard he was out there building our brand for us Nick was for were you guys going out to um you guys were pretty active I didn't get to see it but in in um a lot of the summertime or, or the festivals or the activities back before there were storefronts like bonfire. summer solstice yeah, and different yeah. events that were going uh, on. Well, we went to uh, bonfires. bonfires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. We, we you guys were going up to stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Did, you were did. kind of doing those for a yeah. while before. Yeah, you wanted yeah. to. Um, was it yeah. with the Northern Terps idea or just oh, repping? Northern, Northern Terps. It was we Northern Terps, yeah. There and so kind of like when I, bet, when I met Nick, we set Nick up and, you know, and then we just started <laughs> going, getting the delivery service going and he handled, honestly, did it all by himself we helped him but we were and he was helping us outfit a warehouse yeah so you know we got our brand built on a patient level and then we were able to take it to the stores and once it went to the stores you know we got i felt like we got it was i remember the first time i was actually with one of my first you know sales to was to over there you know was to carry over at sense amelia and it was crazy you know after i left i was like dude you were you were rushing it you were going you were working hard that day and to see you come on in and i remember that because i'm like oh i i don't really i just started following this guy northern terps so you know it was one of those moments but it's back when starting to watch who's on instagram became important to me like who i who i needed to see and i look back and i missed uh, many years prior to Right. So for me, it's worthwhile to go back in sometimes so I can understand who somebody is a mm-hmm. little bit more, what they were, or, you know. Um, and it's it's a beautiful thing to see. It I does evolve, you know, going up a notch. We talked about stores, and I just want to sneak it in. How many times, has, how many times have you thought about a store? It has to have crossed your mind. Like, even if it was like a complete no, and you're like, no, we're not going to do it. You must have thought of it. Yeah. Oh, we not at this the, time. We were on the hunt. Hard. Not at this time. And right? it kind of yeah. got no, to now. a point not where now. it kind of got to a point where we were like, we need to focus on, on one thing on, and making on it perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We need to focus on our flower. What you guys have, and, that was my thing I was going to follow up with from seeing your product from the first time to seeing when I did it at Cure. There's definitely has been, I think, in my opinion, at least big leaps, you know, in like the quality and the consistency, like the nug size, the development of it. I really liked it. Yeah. I enjoyed the caramel apple gelato a lot. More, I think the third and fourth. Oh, time I remember I saw that it first time first I time. smoked caramel apple gelato. First time we got it over there, and I and I couldn't have been happier. That was. And it's for not us, to say it that it wasn't signature. good. Then it's just to say that it, it kind of goes with the motto that you wanted to set forth, where there's mm-hmm. always going up. Even though they've been, you've been working with some of the same strains, they have dramatically improved, and you can see it in the dial. I appreciate hearing that, and that's just countless. Like, not thinking, you know, when we harvest, we're always this everything you know you look at it and this is perfect this is perfect and then you look at it you're like all right well 
we could have done this, this, and this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The we didn't quite still get great. what we wanted out but of whatever like that stream might have been. I feel like I'm know, harvesting too. That's the passion. so many emotions. You know, You're like, the oh, passion in awesome. cannabis is you want to do better. You yeah. feel, you know, you, you get that. It's almost like a high to when you, when you pull down that amazing harvest and you're, you know, I don't know. It's, it's like crossing like, the finish yeah, line. Yeah. yeah. And Everything then too, you, you just work for. Right. And then, too, you can also, while you're, you know, taken down on harvest days, you can, you know, you can reevaluate what the strain likes and what it doesn't like and just, mm-hmm. you know. It's, Are there it's periods incredible. through, through, it's a focus on veg that really pays off in flour. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, how it's a good foundation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. It, uh, we're, you're talking about the harvest day and stuff like this. When I grew up, I worked on a corn farm, Bell Farm. Shout out Dave, Ray, Shane, the whole crew over there. Love and that. they <laughs> they had a whole bunch of different <laughs> types of corn. Yeah. And the, the Dave, he used to go and like grab them, and they'd be identified by numbers. And he was these are the phenotypes. I didn't know anything about that. And he he pulled them, he compared them, and he was like so into it. And I'm sitting back there as like a young with 16 corn? year old with corn. Yeah, and he, oh yeah, yeah. And so because they that. breed them, and they That's all get it. these different seeds, and they plant different patches to basically do a phenotest, just like you would, and they determine yield and how it tastes and stuff. Because like, so it's so funny. This is where it came in. I was like, this motherfucker is crazy. I'm like, there's no difference between the corn. I'm like all this. Oh, and yeah. then I got into the <laughs> cannabis industry, and I was like, wow. I was like, I get it. And it's so weird because just because I couldn't see the passion and why he liked one compared to the other, like now I see it, you know, looking at farmers from a different perspective and how it did like agriculture is very similar in different industries in the sense that, you know, this dude's hunting, pheno hunting corn, but has the same passion for some guy that's pheno <laughs> hunting cannabis. Right, and the amount of time it takes to find that, you know, thing you're aiming for from seed to smoke to eat, whatever it may be in cannabis, mm-hmm. but it's like, you know, it, it could take, what, how long is, how long did it take you to find the cornbread? Uh, I mean, that was actually, we burned yeah, what about all that? four of the plants. I'll be honest with everyone here. First time through with it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is, we found the cornbread a long time ago. We burnt everything in that room. I don't know what happened. And, and Tony was in there. That's why Tony the nose. That's how he got in. He was uh-huh. in there. He's he like, could he's, smell the burn. He was like, man, this is, we need to keep this all burnt up. And we smelled it, had the nose on it. We ran it again, and you know, and that's how. That's so you only really kept it because Tony was like, "It has a nose; it's there yeah. someplace." You know, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. we actually ran it again, you know, and it was amazing. That's mm-hmm. been a pretty big staple for you guys, along with that caramel apple gelato. I know you're big on the blissful wizard, but I think the two that I really hear a lot from you guys is the cage, corn. the caramel apple gelato, and the cornbread. The cornbread you know? is probably our that most, Tropicana cookies. Our oh, that Tropicana cookie. Yeah, yeah that's coming that in was huge. A, that was that's a big been one. coming in huge mm-hmm. for you. But like, also that's a nice good, representation. Uh, yeah, a lot yeah. of these. Uh, most recent uh, drops too have been pretty nice on the extract side, like the hash rosins. Mm-hmm. Those yep. have came, come out phenomenal since the from Calicor. That was. Yeah. Are you guys uh, hash? Last are you guys hash way. smokers? Uh, I'll be or are you mostly with everyone? I yeah. smoke. I smoke some of every every drop, but I personally have been so busy yeah. with the warehouse I can't be smoking hash no sure I have kids <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I sample I everything you know but I'm not daily you know yeah, yeah. smoking hash you're doing it more to right get now. a flavor off of it I know it's the sort of profile it's sort because of... I'm a high end hash and, and concentrate smoker I was heavily into smoking concentrate up till probably about 
when we bought this place and we got so busy, you know, and I and I can't be ripping dabs. Yeah, no, <laughs> right. I'm and, done and after like, one. Fuck, we have 75 mini splits. I got to yeah. stop doing the dabs yeah. now. And you know, and I still can, I still can take big dabs. I still, and, and that does not cloud my judgment for what's quality. I'm still very, very picky, and I know yep. when I try my hash and it's on point, and other people's is on point. Yep. You know, and. I'd say that I push for a lot of hash, and my brother and Tony push for a lot of flour, mm. and my girlfriend as well too. I'm the one that's kind of pushed us more in the hash realm because right. I'm still a concentrate person. At you home. offered up a lot of good hash flavors where you could have focused really just on a couple, and yet you kind of expanded it out. If I'm and not we took mistaken, some yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, right. we're like what point seven five percent yield below one percent. We washed Blissful Wizard for the first time. It does really so weird. You think it, it would dump? It, yeah, it does. Yeah, really you would. Like, just yeah, you some totally would. It does good yeah. with dry cured BHO <clears throat> mm-hmm. live. It doesn't do that well oh. with, with. Just might be the hair so soluble by some weird way. And I remember Sam and Falls called me up, and I was <laughs> just getting out of the off of the mountain up at Sugarloaf. Can't wait like, to hear this. He was like, "Man, all your other stuff did really good, but I'm gonna your Blissful Wizard." We almost didn't get anything, <laughs> and I what was just happen? like, and I and I was I had already experienced that like low low with BHO, but when he told me, I was like, wow, you really can get almost you know, nothing. Yeah, you complete, can get almost nothing, and it doesn't mean the co- the flour yeah, yeah. is bad, like right? Because someone salmon also came on salmon Sam from Salmon Falls also came on and said that some of the best washes have been some of the uglier flour. He's right. like some of the stuff that you would never put on the shelf yeah, is yeah. dumped. But I wanted to go back to you. Nick, you talked a little bit about how sometimes in the beginning there was uh, like a lot, like not maybe so much anxiety, but gave like panic attacks. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of maybe what's kept you from smoking hash too? Because I know like sometimes, oh, like if I take a bit too big of a dab, I'm like, absolutely. you know, I can feel it. I have a little bit of a tremor sometimes. Yeah, I'm like, oh man, that was too man. big. So Yeah, so, and that, and not just rather smoke, you know, a joint, a bowl. I smoke a lot of bo- uh, bongs at home, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I smoke. You know, the backwoods. Yeah, you with you these said backwards. earlier. That, yeah, we'll those see. have gained so much popularity recently, Dude, too. we'll just sit around on lunch and, you know, like test the, you know, what's coming up next, see what we like. Oh, yeah. Man. That's yeah. how we judge. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's how we judge our uh-huh. flower. You know, obviously I judge it off of other stuff, but it's got to, you got to be able to take it, taste it through a backwoods. If you can't taste it through a backwoods, it's out. You know, we, <laughs> we, we grow strictly for terpene profile. Um, you know, we don't, you know, I'd say bag appeal kind of is, is important, but it kind of is not the most to us. It's definitely flavor to me, smell high and then bag appeal lasts, mm-hmm. but to consumers, it's kind of the other way around, yeah. but have you ever thought of developing more of a concrete rubric, like a Northern Terps rubric as far as how they grade their flower? And the only reason I bring it up is because it was a topic conversation when we were here last time with, uh. Highbrow, and I think, it, it, or I don't know who it was, but they were bringing it up, or no, Shirley and the Green Alchemist. They were saying yeah, how dog. if there was a way to... She's a G. If, yeah, uh, yeah she's, she's awesome. She definitely has grinded to get what she, she is. We were totally impressed. Uh, like it was a, a great conversation yeah. to have. Uh, I've loved it. I went up earlier today. I had to check out the store. I wanted to see it again oh, and yeah. just get a yeah, feel awesome. for it. So. And it's just also yeah. the, the backstory so behind her. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Super, I'm super happy Someday. for her because we met... <laughs> Make it LA. Like (laughs) I'd say, okay, let's do it. I can't remember how long it was. It was a while ago, maybe a year or so. And she, you know, was experiencing the frustration that I kind of went through, you know, with some stores not, you know, giving you a chance or, you know, and 
I told her, I was like, it doesn't matter where, I personally don't care, you know, where you're from, you know, yeah. she's from out of state and she, I felt like she felt like she was getting judged from being an out of state here because Mainers are so protective, you know, and, you know, everyone's got their friend groups in Maine and we want to protect us and, you know, and I didn't care at all. I would, I respect anyone that comes up here and is willing to dig their roots into Maine and become like a Mainer, like Eric. Oh, yeah. Eric's from Rhode Island. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter where you're from. They're not coming up here with big money. So. Yeah, you Eric's, felt, you Eric's felt sitting at home listening to this going, son of a bitch, Dave, you just, you just <laughs> yeah, blew my spot be. up. He goes, yeah, everyone thought I was from Maine. Oh, no, he's honest where he's from. He <laughs> no, I don't think he'd care he's anyway. Um, <laughs> but we talked about that too and like the locality and how it's, we have the conversation, I feel like with a lot of people that come on the show, it's like, what do you consider local? And we even had a conversation with the Green Alchemist. I'm like, you know, someone like that is like I feel like is accepted in it like it's almost considered local because I feel like the word local is thrown around in Maine but it's about like how you act when you get here you know it's not so about like where you're from it's like are you did you do you belong in Maine you know it's a real question and that's what I told her I was like things are gonna come around for you people are gonna notice that you're working hard and I told her it's gonna happen I feel like it did big time for her and, and I Cause I, we talked for about an she half hour. She doesn't quit though. She doesn't uh, quit. We were, we were DMing it, yeah. each other. And I was, I said to her, I'm not good at like texting. Here's my number. Give me a call. She gave me a call. We talked on the phone for a half hour. And I was, I said to her, things are going to come around for you. I heard you have great, great product. Keep working hard. And you know, and people are going to acknowledge that mm-hmm. I know people, Mainers are, we're good people. They're going to accept you. Boom. You know, it did. A it month or like- so later, it happened for her, and you know, I hadn't seen her for until the Main Growers Alliance. And when I saw her, and I, I said to her, "I go, I told you so." You know, I told you that that'll happen for you, yep. and, and it did. And a lot of people in this industry, it's like the one person that comes up and like the first thing that comes to mind, like every single person, like yeah, that girl works hard. She's a hustler, and like we have a lot of respect for. Her. I think Doc said it. Shirley said it. That was the reason we really want her on the show is like when you have all these people that, you know, we kind of look to and think that they're like, this girl is someone you need on the show. She mm-hmm. represents what it means to start from nothing really right, in the main right. cannabis industry. Yeah. So also yeah. follow THC for me. That's my homie, Nick sitting next to me. Another person. He's a, he's a, one of the, another super hard worker, just like mm-hmm. that. And we mm-hmm. throw, we throw tons of stuff at him and, He's, we're, I'm from an I Italian it. family, and we're you guys throw things. I was, oh, Italians <laughs> are we're you know we're three so people. Passionate, you know, and he you know we put you know yeah. that's why our employees are hand selected. He's you know I kind of got the whole Italian vibe. We're like, well, my grandpa's old the Gazzianos. We got Tony in the back. We yeah, got yeah, Anthony. Yeah. That's my father, Anthony. Yeah, yeah. Big yeah. Mike's my brother. Oh, we no, got, yeah. Everyone's a Anthony, Joey, Jimmy, Johnny. You know, they're you know a lot of yeah. screaming is normal talk normally yeah. too for Italians. I feel and like they put up table. with a lot. And I'm, we are achieving success together. And, mm-hmm. and that's how I look at it. And it's great to have your friends working with you and achieving that success. Because at the end of the day, we all make it. I want to see him and his family benefit it and his, you know, his parents look at him and are proud of him and as entrepreneurs and the same thing for my brother and his kids and his family. And I'm trying to build a legacy. All of us are so that we can pass those things down to mm-hmm. our, you know, my kids, if they want to work for us or, or another sure. family. Just to have know. that opportunity to pass it on because it, it, it would be great if it, if it is family, yeah. but 
if the market is still something, hopefully, you know, 15, 20 years from now, it depends on I'm that. Looking to go, I'm looking to go till I'm 70. <laughs> Just like this. Own cannabis. Just owning really? a business, doing cannabis. <clears throat> I, I, ne- I, I don't see myself in 10 years from now like ever like selling out to someone local or something. Oh no, you've worked really uh, long I, and hard to get to this point. Why would you give it up? I like the business so much. It has nothing, you know, it, it's just, it doesn't really have to do with money. It has to do with like, I'm happy every day when I leave work. Yeah. Some days it's super stressful, but it's. Are you worried that eventually it's going to normalize to the point where it's going to be like a normal business? It, like it is obviously it's getting to that point, but we're, it's not going to be as so fun and exciting because that will happen where it's not going to be as new anymore. You're going to be 10, 15 years deep. And at that point, do you really think you'll see a separation between people that had a, like a true passion for it and those that were just kind of there? 100%. Because it will happen. It's not going to be as fun and exciting 15 years from now. Back to the farmers, you know, that old farmer that's, you know, 65 years old that's still doing it, you know. Waking that's, up at 4 a.m. Yeah, yeah, harvest that's field, passion you know. in you know, and, yeah. and you're going to really fizzle, looking though. at what what cannabis can really do for people. So many people benefit every different type, all sorts of different types of people benefit from this. And, you know, 15 years from now, I could only imagine what we've learned from cannabis. Since the stores have opened up, we, we geared ourselves towards the store. So when, I feel like when people think of us, they think that they can find us in the stores. So uh, we're not going to deny anyone that wants to go direct patient to us, but we're going to suggest that they go mm-hmm. to the store because honestly, that's where you that's the business the, model. Yeah, yeah, that's a business model. That's where it usually is. That's when they can get a guarantee over there. They're insured that way. We're insured as well, but they're insured for a store. And, and, and the customer yeah. service experience at that point is on the store. You know, yeah, it's yeah, most yeah. of the time you're working in the grill. You don't want to. You don't have to be worried about. Oh man, I got. You know, I'm in a pissed off attitude. Now I got to go deal with this guy. So on concentrate. You know, we've pushed ourselves primarily towards hash, and pre rolls and flour. Really toning you know? down the BHO. Yeah, we don't do. You do libraries carts still. Uh, we did from time to time. time but those to time. are those are a tough sell. You know, cartridges. Have they been? Because of the price, price point, point too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they fizzle, I feel like when that whole thing came out, when it was like uh, the jewel <laughs> thing happened, then they're like, oh, it could be THC, you know, pods. I know a bunch yeah. of people that were smoking those pens to beat the band. And after that, they're like, oh, no, I'm not going to do it. And there's companies that do that for a living. And, always going to try the compete. accessibility of a product. You always got to try and see if you can refine it and make it something that is marketable. Because if you do find something that translates good enough, I didn't even go flex. I really, really like, like I was the biggest like pr- proponent to a pen. I thought they were stupid. I don't know why. I just didn't like it. I was like, you know, take yeah. a dab. And now I'm like, those things are kind of cool. You I know, go through like phases with that. Yeah. You know, like I like a pen here and there, but I, you know, it's always comes back to flower. It's part yeah. of the market. That ECSD one that they did was killer. There's a lot of people that like that too. Yeah, so that was one that I liked. Enjoyed a lot. Yeah. Yeah. The edibles. That was the 
That was the best ones we ever made. Which ones? The ECSC ones. Oh, yeah. I had one. Yeah, that's right. I remember seeing that. That was beautiful. The packaging, by the way, the packaging was on point. Like, I like to think a lot of cannabis is just like food. Like, I indulge with my eyes first. And, like, just that package and the way the cart looked up in it, I was like, you couldn't not get it, you know? I feel like as we expand and where our products out there more. If we get people that ask for it, we'll do it. Mm. But we're definitely focused on. Will you be able to stretch out uh, through the state a little bit more now that you're going to have uh, that, uh, sure. a greater we're, quantity coming through? We're going to focus on you know what I feel like is the the best I can do for the store. I'm going to try to not overstretch ourselves. We're going to select you know regions to be in. Yeah. Right. What we feel like is the right store for our company to be in. In each region. And, mm-hmm. try. and try to be relevant in that store on a weekly basis. Remember Rather when you like just, w- remember when you just wanted to be in a store? What? <laughs> remember when you just wanted to be in a like store? Like it was just yeah, like, yeah. I want to get my product in a store. So now, now yeah, like, you want that credibility what store to be carried be. over yeah, and with we, the store. We want to, I could probably go, you know, to a, stretch myself out, go to a bunch of stores and yeah. kind of, Right now, we're only relevant in a store once a month. It's tough, you know, and our product will sell out, you know. Before the weekend's yeah, over. Yeah. And, and Depends then, when you get it to them. Right. <laughs> and we're just trying to get to a point where our flower, you can go in there and get our flower at least once a week if you time it right. Yeah, that'd be and, awesome. That'd be and, awesome. That accessibility. And yeah. then from there, that'll dictate how many stores are in. You know, it could be 10, it could be 15, mm-hmm. it could be 20. Yeah, I'm going to try to be in southern all parts of the regions of Maine that I can be in where I know our business will fit and do well. Yeah. Yeah. Lewiston is been great to us. Yeah, it has. Hasn't know, it? Yeah, no, it's, all, it's awesome. They've been great to us. Uh, kind guy. I remember wondering Benford. if Lewiston was going to translate. I don't know why I thought or, or or had before the stores opened up on them on them you know, in the entirety of having 12 of them from going from one or two in wellness to 12 or 13 within four or five months. Yeah. You just curious, like, is this market really going to work? I mean, there's so many choices. Right. Uh, Are there enough consumers? People found where they wanted to shop too. In the same way. I'm interested to see. So I haven't seen the closure of any stores. And it's not to say that I... I, I, I can fucking rephrase that. We're going to have to edit that. It doesn't like I look forward to the closure of a store. But I've also wondered that there are some that, in my eyes, don't seem like they're going to make it. You know, I've, and I've, and eventually that's just how businesses work. There's obviously right. going to be some that are going to drop out. So like, and I would never mention on the air or anything like that. But like, you know, everyone has it in their mind. And I'm interested to see how long it's going to take before we do start to see you know, a couple stores starting to right, close right. because the business has just drifted away. Right now, I don't think it's going to happen no. because I yeah. think the market's so dry. See, I always see all, all over social media that people talking about, you know, the storefronts that are now here in Lewiston and in Auburn and then, you know, especially down in Portland and such. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Portland's um, loaded know. too right now, right? What's that? Po- Portland's got quite a market. Oh, Portland doesn't have a lot. They only yeah. got... I think they only have two or three. They capped it. I was going to say pretty, pretty yeah. quickly. There's like ganja. There's a lot of delivery services, I think, in Portland. A but lot like, of delivery, you yeah. to, Portland's also like broken up really weird. So like if you're like Portland, there's a lot, probably not a lot like, like South Portland, you know, and like that's where there's like a lot of, I feel like the surrounding areas of Portland and that whole that's Southern right. Maine area South Portland. have like a, a lot of stores in general. It's a big market right there for delivery for sure. Um, in, in the Portland area anyway, yeah. but, you know, I still see all over, like... You know, Wyndham's huge as well. All over social media Wyndham still anyway, but... I think Wyndham has the most in, out of any town. Oh, it's got to. 
Yeah. They have quite well, the a few concentration there's, there's a of. Lot. Yeah. And to have not seen anything, to your point, Evan, to have not seen anything uh, weaken. But this isn't the right market for weakening anyways. I mean, it, that'll come when, yeah. when we figure out when we've reached the threshold of how much or what can be supported right. in the market. We're not there yet. We haven't found it. I think the best ones will will do well and yeah. perform think, without a without I a think beat. Those who will, will succeed have to have passion behind what they're doing. Mm-hmm. At the end, the end of the day, you know, it's cannabis. You've got to grow it a certain way. You can't just grow it out of, you know, you make the most money. You know, you 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 got to care about. Who, gotta have a good team who's, too. Who's, That's been you know, really apparent with you guys. Yeah, who's who's smoking your product? Who's eating your product? You gotta make sure it's good for them. So it's like, make sure you have some good line of communication yeah, too. Because I feel like some of the best companies that, in that aspect I have think. been made from just being able to have an honest, open dialogue with their customers right. on how was this product. And if the customer feels comfortable at telling you, yeah. "Listen, man, it was kind of shit," then that's the best thing you can hear because, like, you're gonna have you're gonna be able to improve. You know, <laughs> Nick was dealing with that. Yeah. Oh, where? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, customer relations is Nick. Yeah, so what are you specializing then, Dave? <laughs> I, I, I thought I, you were that guy. I, I, well, I do that as well. I do that. He's more research and development. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. I do that with store. Yeah. I do that with stores. He does that on a patient level. So, yeah, you know, yeah. he's had uh, to deal I, with a lot more than I have over the past, say, a year and a half, two years. Oh God, we had a we had a giveaway on our page, and I thought it was going to be a fucking public relations fallout. <laughs> we, we selected the wrong guy apparently. Right, right, so like, right. I'm sitting here like we're doing. We're like, I'm like, oh my God, it's a giveaway now. Yeah. Turned out a giveaway for like four people because you got to make them all happy. Yeah, but it's weird because there's been a big shift from where you guys were really just in the garden all the time. Yeah. It didn't. Who fucking cared what someone? You know, there was no really customer right. relations, and it right. took a big shift all of a sudden. So like, like, I, really, that's how I started too. I found that it helped me, so I started growing my own, and then picking up from other caregivers local to Scarborough where I was living. Yeah. And uh, that was about three years ago, and then you know that was when Kind Guy popped up. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The delivery thing, I was like, oh shit, and I kind of jumped on that and did that part time, and then. You know, I learned more about cannabis, and it was it was very interesting. Linked up with him, and his uh, uh, cougar milk just blew me away. Mm-hmm. This was like cougar uh, milk. Uh, yeah, wait, what the, the fuck is this? Uh, God, Dude, God, that was pre-market. You bastard, bring it back. Yeah, yeah, Where's the mom? God rest her soul. Every grower has problems. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. we, yeah. lost, we lost her, and she's the one that you know. She's yeah, the one that you, that like was the one friend that you had in high school. The one uh-huh. that you, in, in if she only didn't get hit by that train, yeah, right? Yeah. right. So it's, it's one of those situations. I, yeah. oh man, she was she was the baby. We lost her, but you know it was on to new things. And the things you have replaced with, yeah, yeah. Feel like they yeah. kind of they're emblematic of what you guys like to smoke, yeah. um, and that that's really important. Knowing that the girl loves the, loves the flavors that he's bringing on, uh, man, it's obvious. I'm a, you might not smoke as much as you did, but boy, you still, it doesn't mean you don't want to try right. everything all through. I smoke all, all of our flower. Yeah. I love all of our flower. I'm personally like a person that's a fan of earthy, like um, floral, gas. Mm-hmm. Um, Am I wrong to say like Gorilla Glue type notes? Like I feel like that's yeah, pretty yeah, like yeah. earthy, OG, like, gassy yeah. type. Stuff like that. Yeah. I love wedding cake noses. Yep. If you want to compare mm-hmm. it to like that strings, has, yeah. if listeners are listening to. What's your thoughts on Sunday to? Driver? Um, what Sunday Driver? I feel like that I have can... personally never smoked Sunday Driver. I think it's very similar to that wedding cake, like that sweetness, uh-huh. the spiciness, never pepper you get. You get. I think it's how that's, come I compared it in my review to wedding. It's cake. been out there. I back to us just grinding for the past four years, and mm. 
mm-hmm. being a family man and being so into my work, I haven't really tried to like every, you know, I yeah. sample people's flowers, yeah. but never ran into Sunday driver where I was like, Oh, I want that. Mm-hmm. I was more like, I wanted something they pheno hunted. Cause I'm a, I liked it. That's where my passion is, is the hunt. Right. There's nothing better than the hunt to me. What do you find in that one strain that you can just like, Ooh, this is, it's got the taste. Mm-hmm. The moment I found the caramel apple gelato. Yeah. I believe Nick was over my house and I had him come downstairs. We were, it was in my personal house and I was like, you need oh, to yeah. smell this. And that was it. Okay. We're going to go a little something like this. I you don't stop, I keep her on. I you don't stop, I keep her on. It's the B to the R to the Z, and they all can't got E. Cut canvases down with me, cause I'm Z. Original, ain't no one with material like me. Guaranteed to rock.